Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, the podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist. Today, we are going to be talking about educated professional women struggling to find partners. It's something we've definitely touched on before, but there's a whole range of research that's coming out and a lot of experiences we've had with people in our personal lives as well that are uh, saying that women, particularly women in professional fields uh, who are millennial or Gen Z now, they're really struggling in the dating environment. They're struggling to maintain attraction, find someone that they perceive to be attractive, and there's a dwindling pool of uh, suitable men for them. So I feel like this one's going to be very interesting. Uh, But before we get into this podcast, this is sponsored by Crush Organics. Go to crushorganics.com. Use the code NEIL for 40% off. Crush Organics offer a wide range of CBD oil products right here. If you're watching on YouTube, this is the Platinum Oil. Look at that beautiful design there. Nice and cute. It's a bit out of focus there, but oh, no, there we go. Yeah. So you want to go to crushorganics.com. That's crush with a K. Use the code NEIL. You get 40% off. They've also got bath bombs. They've got gummies. They've got CBD oil for your pets. So if your pet is running around being a psycho, get some CBD oil from crushorganics.com. I have shows all across the East Coast. Comedy improv shows. We've got a DJ with the wildest comedy show in the country. Go to neildan.com. Stay tuned. We're going to relaunch and rebrand the whole thing very soon. And it's a very exciting, but also, if you listen to the last podcast, a stressful time, but mostly exciting. So come along, come see your show. Every show is different. All right. Eliza, how you doing? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I lo- I. Actually, these podcasts do not feel like work at all. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, all the managing of it and everything else associated with it feels like work, but I, I really enjoy <laughs> these. So, Yeah, it's good. They're fun. It's they're good. very fun, very stimulating. I love the one I do with you and the one with Jordan. So thank you to all the listeners. Just, uh, <laughs> hey, look, I'm yeah, being vulnerable. Thanks. I'm opening up. So I really enjoy these. I, 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 feel, I always feel really good after I do them. I never feel... I never feel tired. I never feel exhausted. Nothing like that. In fact, it actually, usually I'm an introverted sort of guy, but uh, having these sorts of discussions, I feel energized afterwards. So it's a good sign. Oh, that's so good. It's good for your soul. Yeah, great for the soul. Great for the soul. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before we get into some of the details of uh, this topic, you were talking to me before the podcast about how some of your friends were just discussing this issue amongst yourself. So how about you talk about what happened there related to, to this particular topic? Well, I put a group chat together with a bunch of women, um, all between you know mid to late 20s, um, and uh, they're all educated women, so they've all at least had at minimum a bachelor's degree. Um, and I asked them like, would you date someone, oh, a guy, they're all straight. Would you date a guy without, um, who had no education, uh, post high school. And, um, I thought it was like interesting because all of them said, um, yeah, yeah, I would. Yet basically every single one of them dates someone that has a higher education than 
equal or higher than themselves. Um, same with the income. So I did think it was interesting that they were saying, of course I would, um, but then not actually kind of living that. Um, I guess I'm the only one that actually lives that. Well, I guess, I, I don't know, like what's really interesting is that they all refer to uneducated people. Um, I hate saying uneducated. It just sounds yeah, so classist, but you really. know what I mean? When we say this during this, I'm talking about University like tertiary yeah. education and they all were saying like, they instantly related all to tradies. Like, yeah, my daddy trade, yeah, this tradie. <sighs> Not a single type of man outside of trade was considered when it was a guy without a tertiary um, education. So uh. when I kind of actually brought that to their attention, as well as the fact they all have, you know, educated and high earned partners or whatever, um, it did open up a in- more interesting conversation about what had happened when they've dated guys without um and it like a tertiary education um post high school and without university degrees um so i mean i get into that later because i think it'll be relevant but it definitely kind of gave me some food for thought um so i think you know to put a initial lens on this topic is that i don't want listeners to hear us talk about this, especially the studies and the stats, and then just think, oh, this is a fucking other reason women are difficult or to hate women. It's not It's not about that. There's two sides. Um, so we'll, we'll get into it, I guess. Oh, I agree. Anyone who listens yeah. to this and then continues on with a defeatist attitude about, well, there's no point in even dating or even trying. I mean, it's, it's quite pathetic, to be honest, because that sort of a school of thought tends to talk about how modernity has feminized men and the gender roles are confused and and, and sort of unnatural. But then at the same time, they're sitting there complaining and doing the the least masculine thing possible. So if you want to bring back those gender roles, then at the very least, what you can do as a man, if you you feel like you're struggling and, and you think that modern society has changed the structure of the dating game to the point where you don't have any hope at all now it is a nuanced conversation there are some guys out there who are genuinely trying and just due to the way online dating works their profile doesn't even get seen and and there are a lot of girls that maybe have height filters and things like that it it, it, it isn't as simple uh as you know one side is good one side is bad but there are also a lot of guys out there who just use it as a crutch and as a way to not take personal responsibility and to blame society for their woes. So I couldn't agree more with you there. I think that's an important thing to preface before we get into this one. Uh, I was talking to my girlfriend recently who uh, is doing a master's of psychology and there are a lot of women in her cohort who are experiencing a similar sort of thing where they just uh, are unable to find men who they are consistently attracted to. So it's... there's an initial spark but then they get the ick really quickly and i think that would i'm guessing that would happen a lot particularly from from sort of 22 to maybe the late 20s where you can you can usually see a huge jump in maturity among women whereas with men it's a it's a bit of a slower burn there and (laughs) i can imagine especially if you're a i mean if you're doing psychology that's where you you there's clearly people with a very high level of emotional intelligence and the average 20 something man, uh, look, let's be honest, probably lacking in that department. Uh, 
generally speaking, I'm not, I'm not saying that for everyone, obviously. And then also, if you, I think we had a question from a, uh, a woman who was a lawyer a couple of weeks ago who had a similar sort of sentiment. She went on dates and then she struggled to maintain attraction oh, for a long yeah. period of time. And I can only That's imagine right. if you're if you're a lawyer yeah. and you know, first of all, you yeah. have to be extremely organized, diligent, professional, confident, and it wouldn't be attractive unless the man actually meets those uh, key factors to your level and then and to really be attractive, it, it, he'd probably have to exceed that to a certain degree as well. Yeah. And you don't really see the reverse of that. There are plenty of men who are also in those similar sort of professions and, and they will happily date down. I mean, I'm, I'm, there's an article here that says, what is it? It's something like uh, 78% of women who had a, a college degree, so this is American, uh, they, uh, that was something they wanted in a prospective partner. Uh, whereas it was less than 40% of men who said that yes. was a sort of deal That's breaker right. and that yeah. sort of thing there. Mm. Uh, so this is a very interesting one because like with all the discussions we have, how much of it is a sort of sociocultural and how much of it is actually biological, the evolutionary psychology perspective would be something like, well, women need to sort of date upwards because they're risking a lot more when they um, mate in the sense that, you know, they have to hold the baby for nine months and their whole body is transformed. And I don't need to mansplain that to you right now, of course. So uh, <laughs> there's a lot more at stake there for who they choose to yeah. sleep with, right? And so that's where you generally get the phenomenon where uh, standards may be higher for straight women and there's a, a less of a compulsion to, in general, I'm not saying this for everyone, again, to, to maybe sort of sleep around and go for quantity over quality, whereas for men, uh, they the way that we're biologically built, we can potentially impregnate a, a, a different girl every day. So uh, it's not necessarily about finding the, mm. the someone who fits this perfect criteria it's 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 also just about quantity and that's maybe where our reptilian brain is is sort of pushing us and we're never fully immune from those sorts of compulsions but in the, at the same time uh there's the school of thought that says well straight men due to uh certain again societal factors that we haven't fully uh detached from aren't sort of living up to a certain standard and are letting themselves go in in various aspects of their life particularly in western men they're just completely lacking when it comes to basic grooming and, and fashion and and even just decorum and you know i could imagine a, a highly educated woman if, if if she's sort of trying to converse with someone and he doesn't understand something or he tries to make a sort of a juvenile a puerile a joke in the midst of what is otherwise an intellectual conversation that could probably give them the ick. Uh, I'm totally speculating here, but it's definitely a phenomenon and it's, 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 it's actually growing because now there are far more women than men in uh, university. And that is just continuing to increase to the point where yes. they predict by 2030, uh, there'll be two women for every man in any tertiary course now for a lot of men they they may think well university is kind of pointless right so what's the what's the point i can go and get a trade be my own boss and 
do something with my hands rather than sit in an office all day. And uh, I don't think it's necessarily that just women are inherently smarter or anything like that. Um, it could be. I don't know. Uh, it's a, it's one that you know you'd need to do a lot of analysis on, but it's it's definitely a, a phenomenon that seems to be increasing. So. There's so many factors that could be contributing yeah. to this. Um, where do we go from here? Which one should we look at initially? Should we look at well, something think- like, just really quickly, like your friends saying that, you know, they're, they're open to dating someone who may not necessarily have a the same level of tertiary education as them, but then them not actually doing that. Where do you think that, are they just saying that to, to sound nice, whereas, you know, they actually don't want that? What do you think? I yeah. Do you know what? I think that it is a subconscious thing that we're not um, aware of. And I've talked about this um, once before, where I always am the first to say I just, that is not how I operate. Like I've always out earned my partners. Always um, doesn't matter to me. Blah 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 blah. And then when I was single a couple of years ago, I met a guy and he was so lovely. He was a little bit older than me, really sweet. I was attracted to him and um, we met up and we were talking about, I don't know, work and stuff. And he told me um, he worked at Woolies and might go study. And I just instantly was... I, t- I was turned off. I'll just be really honest. I was turned off. And then afterwards, I was shocked at myself. Why was I so attracted to him up until the point that he said, I work at Woolies? And I just realized, like, it was so judgmental of me, so judgmental. Um, and I, like, you know, corrected that in myself. But I think that what happens is that women might experience that emotion um, that I did and then write it off as something else. Um, like he's not ambitious or make judgments or be like, it was something else completely, um, write them off as an option and then not actually recognize that that came from their internal judgment and, um, perception. So when it happened to me, I was really like quick to correct it in the sense that once I recognized like, fuck, that was so judgmental that I just got like a bit of a ick because of that. Like who... Who the hell am I to to think that that's not good enough for me? Um, and but my thought process was immediately, even though I had literally met this guy twenty minutes ago, was if he's going to go study and he wants to do he wanted to do um, like a degree in I can't remember maybe it was like medicine or nursing something like that and I was like I'm not going to be able to have babies for five years I'm not going to be able to do this this is going to work I'm going to have to financially support us he won't be he won't be able to work while he's studying so then I will hold the financial responsibility and that was why I was like it's not going to work out but it was really like crazy to me reflecting on it afterwards like immediately afterwards and thinking god like I just jumped through 20 loops of (laughs) subconscious judgment and preconceptions about a guy I've literally just met like fuck table that shit and actually see if you like him first which turns out we didn't like we didn't connect amazingly for other reasons we were more like a we just kind of got along as friends and it wasn't for that um and I just think that you know when when my friends are saying I wouldn't do that that's not relevant for me. Like I would, of course I would date someone. I've never seen any of them do it. And half of them are single and I've never seen them gone on a date. Um, 
with anyone. So when I kind of like, I don't want to say called them out, but when I brought that up, um, they, they were like saying when I have done it or gone on dates with guys that, um, didn't have that, like, you know, didn't go to uni and stuff like that, or were tradies, they were like, it was so, we just, it was the attraction was there, but like you said at the start, it fizzled out after like a couple of weeks. Like we just couldn't get that level of deep connection. And some were saying like I couldn't sit and have like a deep and meaningful. We disagreed on so many political like <laughs> views. They didn't know what feminism meant. They didn't know what transgender meant. Like all these things that were really important to my friends, they were like, we asked talking to these guys and they had no fucking idea what I was talking about. And that's not stuff that you learn in uni, but it's stuff that, you know, it's socially, that's all we talk about <laughs> in my groups. We talk about relationships and sex and shit like that fucking constantly. Um, so, and my, my other friend made a really good point because she works, um, she works in a, uh, construction company, like a huge one. And she's, she works in the office. I don't know what she does, but she like organizes things or something. And um, so she works with a lot of tradies every single day. And she said that like she, over the years, she's been, she will tell us some of the conversations she ha has had with them. And I can't even help that the times where she's replayed her conversations with them, I've been mad at these men too. And she's like, this is why I feel like you know, I interact with 80 to 100 of these men a day and every single day they piss me off because they say things that are really sexist, really racist, really inappropriate um, that I just could not connect with. And that is why I date someone similar to myself and that falls under the similar education category as her. That's interesting because I have a few things to say about that. I actually don't yeah. think women should necessarily be judged if they don't want to date someone who's, say, in their income bracket or, uh, you know, m might not be as ambitious as they are because I think yeah. liking ambition in a person is is quite, uh, if anything, there are other superficial factors that could be at play uh, that should be judged more. And... Yeah. I know for a lot of men that can be a hard pill to swallow, but look, attraction is not politically correct. Uh, it's the same when, yeah. you know, height is such a major factor of attraction when it comes to men. That's frustrating as a, as a short guy, but at the same time, I can sit there and, you know, beat myself up about it and, and complain and not even do try and get out there. Or I can uh, play with the hand I've been dealt and do what I can. So... I don't think it's necessarily a, an inherently bad thing that someone might have a certain career criteria or at least ambition criteria for a prospective partner. I think it was, uh, of course it was, it was uh, Jordan Peterson who did looked at some studies and said it wasn't necessarily just sort of financial uh, success or just resources that women found attractive it was the ability to obtain resources and be productive that's so, it yeah uh, a, a that's guy the who biology just, yeah because <laughs> yeah. again that, that that i can only assume would relate to just the the primitive brain thinking look if i have yeah. a child with this person i want to ensure the best possible 
environment for that child and and a huge part of that is the the resources that this man is able to obtain uh now again we're never immune from that sort of biological response i think now we have uh the ability to question that and 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 look past that of course but it's always going to be a factor in in our attraction and who we may choose now uh, the difference, I suppose, between just simply being rich or resourceful versus having a, a greater capacity to obtain resources is a, a, a man or you know a person, for that matter, might just be working at a charity, a, not, a not-for-profit organization, and not be making much money at all. But if they're truly making a difference and if someone can see that they're making a significant change, they're impacting their environment, the world around them, the people around them, that I'm assuming... An, an, also, from what I've heard, uh, that is attractive. So it's not just, yeah. oh, women want a rich man. Generally speaking, they're attracted to men who have the capacity to be productive. doesn't just necessarily mean financially mm. productive because it, it, could, it would probably be a turnoff if a man just inherited a lot of wealth but then sat on the couch all day. Uh, it, yeah. it, it seems to be that sort of productive, energetic, ambitious men Masculine. very attractive <laughs> That's it. yeah i mean not yeah, that, yeah definitely quality. i mean there's there's plenty of um feminine women who are also very ambitious and energetic i don't think that's associated just with being masculine i think uh there's probably a conception of a sort of masculine energy and a that sort of vigorous energy that's about sort of construct constructing something and building something and that, I suppose, is where it could be more masculine. Now, when it comes to the political thing, that's where I think I actually would hold some judgment. And I I think that maybe could be called out because, look, I don't know what these traders have said and, and the jokes they've made and, and, and things like that. But first of all, I do think, I'm not saying this is necessarily an excuse, but you're a product of your environment. And when you work a, a, yes. a blue-collar job, you're, you're out in the sun or the rain all day, and you you know you you're sort of on edge because you you're constantly having to uh, exert yourself physically, and sometimes you need a bit of a reprieve, and you need to yeah. let off some steam. And it is a sort of it's a tough masculine environment. It's uh it's not about being compassionate. It's about getting the job done and and putting in and and you know really. Uh, putting in as much effort as is expected of you. And I'm sure there'd be people who listen to this who actually work in these environments that could make a comment where we get a bit of insight. I read an article about a man who works in construction and, you know, almost all of them are on some form of painkiller. A lot of them are on um, uh, oxy... I forget what it... That that very addictive painkilling drug. And they're struggling to make ends meet. And, you know, they've got... little injuries all over the place so you know it is sometimes i think that it can be arguably classist to uh just sort of observe the way some people converse and assume that they're sort of a bit degenerate or uneducated yes maybe a different way of thinking and i'm sure they have a lot of wisdom and uh knowledge and and skills that first of all necessary for society i mean society can function without people in marketing it can't function without construction <laughs> workers so yes that's yeah. uh first of all a very important who's contributing point. more yeah exactly <laughs> uh you know we yeah. don't we don't need corporate consultants but we do need plumbers so yes. you know there's that 
But uh, the political thing, I this is more a personal gripe, and I'm sure you would probably look. look I'm, I've, I've articulated this on plenty of podcasts, but when when I was dating and women had sort of political preferences in their bio, I found actually quite judgmental. Now I'm sure from their perspective, they're assuming some someone who may be conservative or whatever right leaning is the judgmental one, but. I've always, in my experience, that sort of that sentiment is is a straw, is a sort of collective straw man, and assuming that everyone who may be on the right side of the political or cultural spectrum is just this degenerate hick that has no compassion and doesn't understand anything and isn't educated, and a lot of some of those more uh, social science degrees, they. This isn't, you know, it's not like you're doing a physics degree or a, or a mathematics degree. There's a lot of theories there that have been accepted as fact. And look, someone like John McWhorter, Africa Brook, the people, Coleman Hughes, these sorts of people that actually are p- people of color. And they're now questioning a lot of these ideas and, and, and sort of talk about mm-hmm. how a lot of this can come from an inherent sort of savior mindset and an identity that people have been attached to. They're a lot more articulate on that that can sort of speak at length on it. Uh, so... I'd probably be less judgmental about, you know, a woman wanting a man who has the same sort of career path as, as them or is in the same sort of industry, maybe or on a, in a similar income bracket. But I would, I would challenge women who maybe have preconceived ideas about who they want to date politically to maybe try, you know, go on a date with someone that you maybe wouldn't, uh, who has different political beliefs to you and, and try to understand the best version of their argument and, and, and see where they're coming from. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't, I think this caricature of, you know, everyone on a certain side of the political spectrum just hates gays or something like that. Look, look that stereotype doesn't <laughs> come from nowhere, but it, it's the same as yeah. saying like, oh, everyone on the left is like, you know, has blue hair and changes their gender every 10 minutes and is just yeah. crying all the time. Like that's, these are, these are stereotypes. Yeah. These are caricatures. And I don't think you can define it. A large portion of the population uh, by something like that. And mm-hmm. I've also heard, now I don't have necessarily a lot of data to back this up, but I've, I've read a few things here and there as well that uh, women will sort of find someone who maybe is in that, so it has similar uh, cultural and, and sort of educational level and so, sorry, cultural beliefs and educational level to be very sort of emotionally stimulating and emotionally attractive. But often then they struggle with, sometimes the, the the physical attraction yeah. and maintaining sexual attraction in those sorts of relationships so uh the, yeah it's, it's complicated and one last thing one last thing i'll yeah. say is that now up to i think mid-30s women out earn men uh in in all western countries so uh for a woman to be looking at it so first of all there's 60 percent of women uh in to currently doing tertiary um education and look, I also want to say, I think going to TAFE and learning a trade, you're, you are being educated. Those, yes, these are important, yeah, vital I skills. Agree. I mean, I'll even say, what if I, yeah. if I drop dead and, you know, the world will go on. We don't need comedians. We don't need podcasters, but we need nurses. You need uh, construction workers, trade. These people are just essential. So anyone who's kind of like, like looking down on, I think it's different if you have a dating preference, but if you sort of have that sort of sneering, you know, yes. looking down on that. I, I find that really disgusting. So uh, yes. I will say that, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
now women up to the uh, up to their thirties out earn men. So it's already if you're if if that's part of your criteria, I want a man who makes just as much as me, if not more. So the the pool is already quite small there. And then as well, I want a man who uh, has my uh, level of education. That's also small because there's sixty percent women and 40% men and that's trending towards becoming even even greater that divide so look uh uh you can't control what you're attracted to but it's just uh it's very difficult to find men who fit this criteria and then you also add in say like a, a height requirement I want to uh, date a man who's over six foot uh something like 15 to 20 percent of the population is actually over six foot which I, I actually find surprising but that's that's what they say mm. So this pool is getting smaller and smaller, and 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 what this um, I think his name is Vincent Haranam. He's he's very interesting. He's got a few articles out there that what he's, it's either him or or someone else who wrote a similar article. Um, they're now theorizing that because there's this just larger group of uh, just highly educated, professional driven women competing for a smaller cohort of men that they deem to be uh, attractive. They're having to compete amongst themselves in a, in in what could be described as a very you know non-feminist way. You know that they 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 feel a lot more pressure to put out sexy selfies and and put out a lot earlier than they may feel comfortable with, and to sort of really um, fight to 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 get this man and and sort of adapt to what that man may want in a in a woman. You know, more sexual and and more open and and and. A higher premium on look so in a in a very ironic twist um they're now having a you know compete in a very superficial way for a lot of these uh these uh you know top tier men uh but look i yeah. said a lot there so uh let's hear some of your thoughts on on these uh these things <laughs> well first of all i want to say that I um, feel a little bit called out in a good way, and as I should be, when you talk about the political views, because I have absolutely held judgment um, for that before. And I, especially on Hinge, when you can put in like, are you conservative, are you whatever? And at the beginning, I actually was like, I didn't really even know much about politics or care much. So I would just swipe on anyone that I thought was interesting, found attractive. And what was interesting though, is that the guys that um, put on their profile that they were conservative. And I think that what a key influence here is, is that those that are conservative and don't put it on their profile versus those that are conservative and do actually put that on their profile. Um, but the ones that I went on dates with every single time, ended in an argument about something like abortion mm. um, or um, them being really uncomfortable that I studied sexology every time. Um, and even just to the point where I've talked about this one before, but a guy like had a go at me because I was talking about things that he didn't understand and it pissed him off. And, you know, you shouldn't be bringing up this in public. You shouldn't talk about this in public. No one would be allowing me to be on this podcast probably. So I, I, do get it's to me it's about values and your values in a relationship should be aligned or at least respected um and if you cannot respect someone else's values then um it's not gonna work like i can't respect someone that says i don't support um gay relationships i just don't respect them i'll hear them out and i'll 
I won't get in the, have a fight with them, but I don't respect them. Um, and that's because it just goes so against my value. And like we always talk about when you have an opinion and then you fight with someone or converse with someone that has the opposite opinion, you double down in your own um, thoughts. So I have actually like dated uh, two partners that were very conservative and religious. And both times that I did that, I had such a shit experience with their families and the judgment to me because of what I study, what I talk about, and just being a young woman that has dated more than one man. Um, So I guess that I perceive and make a judgment and have a certain lens based on my own experiences as is just human nature. We all do that. Um, But yeah, I guess what was interesting though about um, tradies is you made a really good point that, you know, in your environment, you're a product of your environment and I actually know um, a guy. He's um, he was a, he's he's a tradie, or he was a tradie, but he quit because he was like, I cannot handle listening to conversations all day, every day. They would say the most disgusting things about women, and he said he quit for that reason. He's like, I'm gonna go study something else. I cannot like bear this anymore. I would just be fighting all day. Um, And then, but then I'd look at like, you know, um, Adrian and his, his coworkers. And I think maybe the landscapers are a different breed, um, because they're all quite like emotionally intelligent, in my opinion, quite sensitive. They always asking him, how's the baby going? Or how's the pregnancy? Like when you're a dad, you should do this. Like really like sweet conversations all the time. I mean, maybe I'm not hearing that I know he always says they have like, you know, silly, inappropriate jokes, but nothing. He's like, we've never talked about anything of that nature that you always talk about <laughs> on like your podcast and things like that. But I do think that it's interesting that we kind of do box people in with this um, view. And, and Adrian was the first tradie I had ever even just gone on a date with. Um, and every single other guy, every single boyfriend I've ever had that's long-term has been in marketing <laughs> for whatever for whatever reason. They've all been in marketing. And that was what I think was so attractive to me about Adrian is like my friends that um, want to date guys of similar, you know, education to them, they all say it's about, you know, it's about the knowledge. It's about the depth of the conversation. It's about the thinking the same way, having this back and forth that I don't get if I talk to someone with a lesser education, but lesser education does not mean lesser intelligence. I mean, look at you, (laughs) like with your crazy high ATAR (laughs) and your super knowledgeable, super intelligent, um, yet you didn't study after high school, like a a degree or anything. So it is kind of just an interesting um, association we make and how I feel like our views of masculinity are kind of um, skewed in ways where we are perceiving masculinity as money earners or progressing in the corporate ladder. And that can be sexy. But I also agree with your point and to contradict that, that sometimes that masculinity can be that type of masculinity can be emotionally attractive but not as physically attractive and when we were um just filming our last podcast a couple of hours ago and that whole time um adrian was painting and setting up 
the baby nursery because um, we got gifted all this stuff. And I just like, he was like, come look at this when we were taking like a two minute break. And he'd just put together like 50 things in a room, like painted. And I just thought it was so sexy. He did that so fast. You can put together a cot and he just had a like, little hammer in his hand. And I was like, God, that's hot. Like that to me is masculinity. And then I came back and sat down and my like baby started kicking me like wild. And I was like, my, everything in my body responded really well <laughs> to, to seeing that. So it's, um, it is interesting. But one of the things that I, I did want to um, bring up is that my friend um, was saying that, you know, with feminism and women being educated, et cetera, that we no longer rely on men to be like, okay, I need to find a man in order to have this, you know, kind of life and do this or whatever. They're like, I need, I don't need that anymore. I've actually got my own apartment, my friends, you know, I've bought a house or I've done this all on my own. So they're like, I need someone that is going to give me more value than just, I'll be able to have a house and a baby if I find a man. Um, and they want someone that like is going to be very loyal, very respectful, can, you know, contribute equally to what they can, etc. And they say that all the time. And when towards the end of what you were saying, I can't even remember what it was, but I was thinking like it makes women sound so when you were talking about the dating pool, so mm. like, oh, we are the ones influencing you know, what is available to us. And that's why educated women aren't settling down. But I watched a YouTube video before. It was like a TED talk about a woman who was talking about this very topic. And she was <laughs> complaining that men don't find her attractive. And even though like, clearly it wasn't for the reasons she was saying, she was just like an annoying person in my I opinion. I think I've seen um, that TED talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like- Quite viral. Yeah, and I was like, I don't think it's because you're educated. But what was interesting, though, is the comments on that TED Talk are of men saying, these are the reasons why I don't want educated women. They're argumentative. They talk back. They um, have standards that, you know, it's it's exhausting to me. Like, all of these men commenting on it. So it's not just that women want want men that educate it's also men wanting someone not above them and is either equal to them or lesser than in terms of at least education um because they were finding education educated women have all of these traits so in the same way that women have been at sometimes incorrectly judging men that are less educated Men also do that about women that are more educated. And then there's perceptions that they're uptight and rude and egotistical and think they're better than everyone. So I just thought that was like an interesting thing to come across. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I have experienced that myself and it, it, it's, I think wrongfully interpreted by educated women as they're intimidated by me and my intelligence when my experience of it is that I've gone on dates with uh, women who definitely have that sort of a sentiment. You know, I'm a strong, educated woman and I want a man yeah. who I can contend with intellectually. But 
there's zero respect for a different point of view. And I don't find that intelligent at all. In fact, that's a very, that's a pet peeve of mine. I find that actually, yeah. that, that if anything gives me the ick, it's that. And <laughs> yeah. uh, something yeah. uh, that I really respect about you, about my girlfriend, about most of the women I've dated is that we may not necessarily see eye to eye on every single issue, but we can hear each other out and we can learn from each other and we can mm. understand and, and hopefully get to a better point of uh, truth in the world. And that to me is, mm. is, it's so important when uh, I'm uh, when I was dating and when I was looking for someone long term, uh, and yeah, I, I I would definitely acknowledge there's a there's a cohort of men that maybe do feel intimidated by a woman who is more educated than they are and more successful than they are. There's a lot of men who are intimidated by other men who are successful, more successful uh, than they are. Uh, that's mm. that's human. Mm. That's that's sort of natural. We're all kind of jostling for status and and resources there but i want to just i think there's a sort of there is a nuanced conversation to be had about i think that i think if we're talking about that same ted talk that is the perfect point where look we're not a sure that's a 10 minute ted talk and i i'd have to sit down and get to know that person but it's not that because you're educated, you're unattractive. It was this sort of entitlement there of like, it was. Oh, men, yeah. why don't men find me hot? And I'm like, well, you look can't. at me. Yeah, first of all, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> what you're shaming? Men feel shamed when I hear something like that. It's like, oh, it's my fault that you're not successful in the dating market. And I would imagine when men criticize society and talk about feminism and things, they, in in a certain way. Uh, then a lot of women may feel like, really, like you're blaming me for your failures in dating. And I think yeah. they're actually quite similar in that regard. Like I just could yeah. not, and you know, there's this, there's a, there was a pundit in America who had gotten out of a relationship and she made this video being like, like you know, this is what men need to do. They need to man up. And, and this is the, this is, here's a list of things that you have to do. And it's just, wow, that is not attractive in in the slightest now I, I i do also understand like hey look you don't need to go through life behaving in a way that the opposite sex finds attractive but but to but to suggest that oh i'm doing all the right things and it's on them to find me attractive no that's when that's a bit that's it's a bit narcissistic. In, yeah that's quite egotistical yeah. there because yeah. look when we're talking about dating there are certain things that and and they're not all, like i said they're not always politically correct there are certain things that should, on as an aggregate the opposite sex in straight relationships will find attractive in um, who they're looking for. Now, it differs person to person. Of course, it's different based on situation, upbringing, class, all sorts of things. But uh, there are just certain behaviors you can emulate or try to practice that will improve your uh, your chances in, in that regard. And... Uh, hmm. Like with a lot of these conversations, I I also want to reiterate, I'm not trying to say this is a, necessarily even a problem if yeah. if there's a bunch of women who are struggling to find men and a bunch of men who maybe don't want to date certain women there. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a, a problem. Uh, a lot of people, it, it probably, it maybe becomes a problem when say people get really resentful and then, you know, they're not, maybe they want to have a partner and they can't find one and then they feel like they're having to settle and and these other this other confluence of factors come comes into account 
that you know maybe even birth rates if you look at a country like japan the fertility rates in a lot of east and southeast asian mm. countries are very low and that's affecting just the, the basic economy and the, the structure of that country and western countries are not not far behind but then it's very hard to have that conversation without implying like oh women just need to have more kids and that's just not not what i'm saying at all but uh i just it's it's still i think fair to to point out that that could be a a, a collective problem for the country uh Definitely. without having to put the onus on any one gender or any anything like that yeah and i think another factor is also that women it may not necessarily be women can't find partners. It may be that they're literally not dating because they are prioritizing work. Um, they are getting an education that finishes, what, 21 to 24 years old. And then they want to have fused experience in their uh, career uh, before they even consider relationships, like which is what was happening with that um, lawyer who I think he was, a, was she a virgin or something like that, where mm, she was she like, I'm in my a- 20s. I think she'd had a very long relationship. That's right. Yeah, she was just, she'd slept with one person, and and she was like, "I'm in my twenties, and I just like haven't been able to kind of prioritize that yet because I've been studying law," um, which was you know fair enough, I guess. So, and one more um, factor like that I think is interesting, and I don't want to come across like I'm being here in this podcast only to defend. Um, women the only reason i bring these up is one to make no. it i guess balanced but two you should, because like, I it's see, important yeah yeah just the, some of the comments sometimes it's just so like ha- women hating on our podcast um but what is interesting is that in relationships or in marriages there's a lot of research that shows that men are always happier when they're in a marriage, um, their health improves, their sleep improves, you're more likely to have career progression and married men do better on the corporate ladder than unmarried men. Whereas for women, it's the absolute opposite. You have a shorter life expectancy, higher levels of uh, stress, you're less likely to progress in a career. So if that's something I think that should be taken into consideration when people are going, well, women are picky, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm going to be picky if I'm going to marry someone. And those are the stats. Like I'm going to pick someone that's going to, you know, make my quality of life good because yours statistically is going to get better. And also on that stat, which I think is really interesting about how women that out earn men are 50% more likely to end up in divorce um, if they are earning their uh, partner. And as you guys know, I love Reddit and I'm on Reddit relationships like all day. I constantly am reading it. And what I see though on there all the time is women constantly writing like, you know, here's a drama in my relationship. And it's always like, I work two jobs or I do this or I earn 80,000 and my partner hasn't worked in five years. My partner hasn't got a job. My partner works one day a week. Like he doesn't contribute anything. He doesn't do any household chores. He has literally nothing. Like, should I leave? Should I not? Should I get to? So just keep that in mind that when it says high earning women are more likely to be divorced, it doesn't necessarily mean she's earning 200,000 and he's earning 100,000. It might literally mean a woman earning 40,000 and a man doing nothing. Um, as you know the other way around it's more accepted unfortunately by 
both genders because sometimes that fits into that mold where I will stay at home and I will look after the house and I'll bear children if you can support me financially. When it's flipped, it's not as accepted because one, he can't really bear children um, unless he's transgender. Um, And two, he may not be contributing to the household to the standard or at all. Um, you know, maintaining the house. Like I know when um, Adrian started his business up here during the rains, he couldn't do anything. And there was days that he was working like two days a week. Um, and I've been like the primary um, breadwinner, I guess, for for this for this year at least, which has only been like four months or last four, five, six months maybe since he started. And I loved it because Adrian is like the tidiest person ever. So he was like cleaning everything, sorting everything out in the house, fixing everything, cooking everything. And I was working and I was like, fuck, this is a, this is a good life. And, you know, obviously I'm pregnant now and we've had chats thinking after like, um, the first, you know, six months to a year of raising our child, like, do I have to stay at home for that whole year or should he stay at home for a bit as well instead like you know that kind of opens up a different dynamic I think which is which is interesting but yeah I mean there's two sides to it like you said it's not even necessarily a problem it's just something interesting to look at and a lot of people bring that up and a lot of people have a really big interest in this topic which so do i so I do, do you yeah it's very yeah it's something about yeah. it it's just and now i'm not as interested as when i was single but uh just the dynamics <laughs> of a why were you more interested in it when you were single because were you looking well, at it from yourself as like a i didn't have a tertiary education and women like no what not was your just, perception with that no i just find the way we choose our partners and what we're attracted to and all these things that we talk about, I find it so interesting because it gives us an insight into what we really desire and 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 who we really are as human beings, not what we say because we can say all sorts of things. This is what I look for in a partner and everyone says the same sort of thing. You know, they say, they yeah. say nice things. I want them to be kind and respectful, all these things. But then when you actually look at the data of who's being chosen on on either side that's when you get a true insight into uh what we're actually like as human beings because you know the the analysts at tinder and hinge and bumble would probably have a much uh much yeah. better gauge of what people are, are choosing and what uh, what traits are attractive than say if you watch a, a reality tv show where someone's trying to put their best foot forward and you know, I know everyone hates it when we bring up maths here, but uh, this is this is really interesting because Tamara was uh, was oh. criticised quite heavily for. Uh, yeah. Look, she definitely said it in a way that came across as extraordinarily judgmental, but um, she thought Brett was uh, what it just was a waiter, and she I can't remember what she did exactly. I think she ran a business, ran a small business, and uh, she works in real estate. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, then, <laughs> who are you to say someone should have a better career than me? And her but, her LinkedIn picture is her in a bikini. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Well, maybe that's not the best example, but uh, she was sort of very vocal about, like, I want a man who, who you know, can match it with me in, in, in the career side mm. of things. And yeah. uh, the, the way she presented herself was very off-putting for a lot of people. But yeah, um, a lot of people, I think, I think, 
well, like no one should be shamed for for what they're attracted to. Uh, I mean, okay, well, within reason, if, if assuming it's you know not a, something criminal, but. I think uh, people should have an open platform to be able to discuss these things because you can't control attraction. That's something that is just so intrinsically biological. So why yeah. should we be shamed for something that, you know, that saying, you know, being more specific with your attraction, there's no difference to shaming someone for for being attracted to the same gender, really. Like, I just think that's just something mm. you can't control and you have yeah. to be able to you have to be open in discussing that and, and, and understanding why you may be attracted to these sorts of things. And uh, I, I agree with you. I'm not, I, I don't really want to, the, the one thing is that po- that political point, I just wanted to make a, a I guess a, a different argument over, yeah. but, but yeah. you know, when, when you do see, com- I want to discuss these things in a, in a mature way and, and you see comments of, f- with, um and on other podcasts as well, uh, just of people, taking it the wrong way and, and then using um, using this sort of data as an excuse to not better themselves and to not at least try. Uh, that's not, this, this, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't, it's actually, again, it's just hypocritical because if you're sitting there talking about how we live in a feminized society, but then you're sitting at home all day on the computer complaining, well, that's not very masculine. So yeah. you're not really living up to the values that you supposedly profess. Uh, mm. Something you said reminds me of, I think something my mom actually said, like I, I could always tell when my mom was like pissed off at my dad when he'd just sort of lie down on the couch and not be doing anything for a long period of time. And it just, I can't help but feel like, uh, you know, it's not necessarily about being rich. It's not necessarily about being super intelligent either, but being productive and being enthusiastic and having the energy and vitality yeah and contributing yeah. that is something that clearly is whether it's a a factor of attraction it's something that can definitely prevent the ick from a yeah. i mean look everyone's human they need it they need to lie down eventually but uh it's so interesting my mom is the same she always like rolls her eyes if my dad sits down for like literally two minutes <laughs> to, to relax and Damn. I always say to her like mom stop putting your perception of like what needs to be done on him you don't have the same personality mom feels good when she's rushing around cleaning cooking talking to 50 people she's thriving like my dad obviously made a lot of money and like as in he was the financial support anyway so why can't he just (laughs) sit there because he doesn't find joy in the things that you do it's so interesting and I think it's so important that we will always push our views onto others especially in relationships where we punish people for not thinking the same way that we do or whatever and I think that's why that political point you made is so accurate and it's so so true um and i agree with you completely and it's funny when i like on tiktok there was like a trend and it was um all of these like really conservative guys stitching each other that all had like tattered pierced girlfriends with green hair and they were like this is the best kind of relationship (laughs) like this is the most um fulfilling relationship i've ever had because they were like yin yang they there's a tension there yeah balance each other yeah yeah and that can that can really uh the 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 sexual attraction can come from that a lot and then there was a trend as well saying uh there's a lot of girls saying uh, my my kink or my 
my thing is uh, liberal men that look like conservative men. Now, in America, obviously, liberal means on the left. Yeah. And over here, it's uh, on the... I mean, here, it's not as pronounced. I don't think there's this very clear, yeah. like, right, left. It's very... Yeah. Because I was trying to do a skit about labor voters the other day, and I'm like, what is the stereotype for labor voters? There's no stereotype. It's, I don't know, a teacher? But that's... Yeah, it's hard to... <laughs> yeah. It, I can make a very clear stereotype for Greens voters. It's It's... I could make yeah. a, pr- a relatively clear stereotype for liberal voters, but when it comes to labor voters, because you've got the, the, the guys who work in construction and, and strong union members, and then you've also got sort of more, uh, yeah. you know, co- the, uh, the uh, public servants on 200 to 300,000 a year living in a really nice house in the suburbs and are very culturally progressive. It's just you can't really make a, a sort of stereotype there but anyway that's a different point but actually by the way though for all our younger listeners or people like me that just were a bit of a noob with politics um and voting there is a website it's a government website where it like can determine based on your views and your values what party you should vote for and I found it so helpful where it basically asks you all these questions like, what are your thoughts on gay marriage? Do you think teachers should do this? Or do you think, you know, housing, property, value, whatever, all this stuff. It asked everything and you put your answer to everything and it gave me like a full sheet of being like, most of your uh, views aligned with this party first and then 35% of your views aligned with this party and, you know, the least amount of your views aligned with this party. So I was like, fuck, I just took that and <laughs> went with that to the voting booth. <laughs> so maybe mm. that's not actually the best advice. Um, but at least if you're just starting somewhere and you know literally nothing, but then no, you can get enough, more yeah. like Neil and Jordan and actually know what's going on and <laughs> what people are. I mean, compared to Jordan, I don't know anything, <laughs> but uh, people actually vote. The more I'm, the more I've thought about it, the more I've actually listened in and, and read about it as well. People don't vote based on some sort of rational analysis of anything they vote based on emotions they vote based on their upbringing as well and they vote based on their temperament so if you have a sort of conservative temperament that's different to having socially conservative views so i think i have a very conservative temperament i'm always thinking about all right what are the costs of these things can we plan this let's make sure we have enough money let's that's a conservative temperament and you know you that's why i don't like being boxed in with people who just right have been uh, like just spoon fed a certain view of the world and haven't actually questioned that and yeah. someone actually said it. there's a very simple metaphor as to the best way to determine someone who maybe has a more liberal temperament and a conservative temperament is two people walking through a forest and there's a fence preventing them from going any further. And the liberal person is like, oh, we've got to climb over that fence. We've got to explore. We've got to see what's there. The conservative person says, says wait, why does that fence exist first? And you need both <laughs> of those voices. And as simple as, as that is, you yeah. need both of those voices in a society. You need the people there who are saying, let's just think about it before we change everything, before we drastically change society. Why do these norms exist? Why, how are we going to pay for something like that? You need people who are saying that and to constantly be grouped in with like, oh, you're just a bigot or you're just ignorant. That is so frustrating. And look, I'm getting, this is completely off topic. Yeah, yeah, it's triggering, right? Because it's, uh, (laughs) look, you need that voice. And and a lot of it, like I said, comes down to upbringing. Like how were you brought up? And I guess I was brought up in that sort of, again, small C conservative and when people say small C conservative, they mean just 
your personal values cautious that it's like synonymous to conservatism right so you're cautious you're mm. not going to take big risks you just want to yeah. make sure everything's safe built properly all this sort of thing uh, rational logical thinking and that makes so much sense yeah. i love that little analogy that's literally just you and i walking through a forest that's exactly what e- either one of us would respond i'd be like oh yeah. cool offense let's go <laughs> yeah and then we'll okay let's wait why does this fence exist like let's think yeah about that, right? that's, but uh, it's all that. it's all up in the end now because yeah. look there's a sec there's this there's a part of the Look, I'm sure actually, you know, I I have no doubt the listeners of this podcast will will actually enjoy us going on this little tangent here, but there's definitely, and this is uh, Jonathan Haidt, very well-renowned psychologist, talks about this. He was always an American liberal and he wanted to understand the right and, you know, figure out why people could think that way. And again, that's just such a, it's a you're really looking down on that first of all by just saying something like that like oh how could someone think that sort of a way but then when he actually did his research he understood a lot more about um the dynamic as to how someone can come to a certain conclusion Mm. about these sorts of things and it's almost always framed back into the um the social side of things when that's just one small part and like i'm quite left socially it's just that Mm. on a lot of other issues i i like to sort of see every argument and tr- truly unpack mm. and and find the best version of the argument and um and and analyze data and and i'm not trying to say i'm this hyper rational guy i'm clearly quite emotional as well but uh look uh he was sort of saying that um it's now look that, that it's hard to define that there's certain traits on either side because there is a section of the quote-unquote left that we're talking about the cultural left here who are actually Usually you'd think the right are the ones who are extremely puritanical and care a lot about in-group in-group purity. Mm. That's a big part of it. So it's like you have to right. live up to these exact standards of um, thinking about the world and living. And if not, you're sort of banished from the tribe, you're ostracized, that sort of thing. But there's now a part of the left that emulate that um, very significantly. Yes. Yeah, so if you're exactly. not as woke as... as as you possibly can be if you're not fully articulating the exact right opinions here you're banished you're looked down upon you're ostracized and that's a big sort of so i saw a really good example of that yesterday because at mcdonald's in two places in sydney i think like strathfield and somewhere else they're um they're uh, trialing the like mcvegan burger and oh, um, sick yeah which by the way isn't vegan it's vegetarian but anyway oh, and yeah, it's just you have to get it without mayo or cheese if you want it vegan. So it's basically vegetarian, but I think they're calling it McVegan or something like that. But it's just a trial anyway. So obviously I'm in that like in a couple of vegan Facebook groups in Sydney and I someone posted saying I went, I tried it. It was pretty good, like pretty happy, blah, blah. Here's people really excited to go get it. And then you had some people being like, you're literally paying the corporation that gives no fucks about the environment. That does, And just like punishing it so hard when you're on, you're on the same party here, guys. Like, you know, you're fighting for the same thing, but don't fight within the group because one doesn't have as extreme views as the other, which I guess is such like a typical stereotype of veganism, I guess, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you get that Story in the yeah what, yeah what people would sort of broadly call the the far left and the far right. You yeah. know, if you're not as executive, yeah. perfectly Christian and do all these things yeah. to the book, then you're banished. And then if you're 
also not exactly on board with if you're even slightly critical of the sort of socially constructivist view of the world and of um some of the you know the the uh the opinions and the academic theories around race and things like that you're ostracized even though you may be like broadly speaking yeah. quite open and tolerant and and this is really disenfranchising and discouraging a lot of people and I do bring that back to to some experiences I had uh, dating. Uh, it it was just really uh, it was hurtful at the end of the day uh, when people assume certain things about you without trying to fully understand where you're coming from. And you know, I, mm. I've even seen TikToks about people who talk about evolutionary psychology are basically justifying racism and it's it's like you, you know oh really well, what are you talking about like, it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> i want to find our best version of the argument but that best version of the argument yeah. is this sort of esoteric jargon that when you get <laughs> yeah. down to it it's it's i don't agree with it we'll say that uh mm, but yeah yeah let's uh i suppose end this one coming back to the the main topic in question um what advice would you have to to both, first of all, let's start with a, a, a woman who may find herself in this position. She's quite educated, doing very well for herself. She's she's having no problem getting interest from men, um, but she's just not finding herself attracted to them or she, she's losing attraction very quickly. And mm. what what would you... And she meant she wants to have a partnership. She wants to be in a relationship. Do you think she should settled do you think she needs to change her her framework her narrative what what do you think she could I think be that doing? it's really important for everyone whether you're you know the male in the situation or the woman either way I think it's really important we recognize the difference between preference and attraction versus judgment um and understand which is what is the actual reaction that we're having to this um so I think that that's that's important um, and recognizing like we said that knowledge uh, what is it about a, a equally or higher educated man specifically that you want to seek is it knowledge and intelligence is it financial capacity or whatever figure out what it is because where else can you find that you know like I know heaps of construction workers that out earn a shit ton of guys in marketing by a lot of money um, so, you know, you never know. Educate yourself. Keep an open mind. What about you? What would you say? Yeah, I would also say just maybe question some of the uh, ideas you have and, and don't necessarily uh, make a decision based on an initial spark or lack thereof. Give someone yeah. two or three or four dates. And then even then, if you if you feel like you get along with them, even try a relationship if, if there isn't that sort of intense romantic spark that can often develop gradually now i know just just be careful with something like that because if you date someone for a couple of months and then say i was just waiting to see if there was a spark they could be madly in love with you so just be yeah. tentative when you, when it comes to those sorts of things and be very open about that but look it's a it's a tough one because I, I you can't you can't say oh you should be attracted to this or just like you know just find try to become attracted to to something that you're just inherently not attracted to uh but uh attraction can be molded and, and change over time when you think differently about a, a certain group of people or a, a certain way of 
you know, when you look at the world and you think, all right, this this certain group of people here are just, they have certain traits that are maybe lacking or just ubiquitous within within their community and maybe question some of those ideas and then and then you will become more open and then you you, you might find yourself uh, being attracted to men you otherwise would normally be attracted to. Uh, so exactly. yeah, keep an open mind and uh, always just kind of work on yourself. And, and it's the same for men who uh, hear statistics like this and, and get quite frustrated. Um, first of all, make sure you're doing the basics because a lot of you aren't. And those <laughs> basics are, yeah, look, you could sit there and, and look at the fact that women are far less likely to date someone on the six foot and think, oh, I'm on the six foot, therefore what's the point? Or you can just do basic things that will make you immeasurably more attractive. I'm talking about just grooming yourself, being basically hygienic, um, learning basic cooking skills, being organized in your life. You don't have to be uh, a hotshot corporate lawyer or anything like that. You don't have to wear Gucci suits. You just got to go to Target, get some clothes and make sure they're tailored, okay? Just these basic things um you know work on eye contact and and read read books because that will improve your conversational skills and you'll then be able to have quite deep conversations when you go on on dates and and things like that and and also have a maybe a bit more of an open mind look i i I, it's not it's i've been judgmental to um women who've put uh political preferences in their profile which is me doing what i'm criticizing them for so uh, you can still go on on dates with people that you maybe disagree with, and you know get to know the best version of their argument, and 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 find out about their upbringing and their temperament, and that can give you a lot of insight into why they think the way they do. And uh, don't be so yeah. Both both everyone can be less judgmental. I think myself included. Uh, so. Yeah, it's a, it is a tough one though. And it, look, if this frustrates you, then maybe just avoid these sort of conversations and these statistics, and just work yeah, on yourself don't use and live your life. Yeah, it to fuel your anger. Yeah. it doesn't help you. It's not going to progress you any further. It's just no. going to make because it's you not changing yourself. anytime soon. Yeah, it's in fact yeah. it's trending in the other way. And I look, <laughs> there's nothing you can do as an individual to dramatically alter and change mm-hmm. that. Uh, but what you can do as an individual is dramatically alter and change uh, your personality, the way you uh, are perceived to the opposite sex and and the behaviors that you do to uh, enrich your life and enrich your uh, experience of being a young person in their 20s or 30s and, and being either single or in a relationship. So, yeah, um, that was a good one. That was an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I see hate comments about women. I'm gonna be mad. Yeah, I don't read, <laughs> but I anyway, don't, I some I read messages and I occasionally read comments, but uh, people always say about you on that you oh Neil's always on the YouTube for this podcast deleting comments and I'm like he doesn't do not, read the he doesn't fucking read the comments. I've never done he that. Said, I've he, they always never done that. comment it. Like, it's been a thing. I think it's one guy, though, commenting it on everyone and being like, yet again, he's deleting my comments. <laughs> I've never, I promise on my life, I've never deleted a comment. Uh, I only ever delete comments if, say, a guest or someone says, hey, I don't 
that's a personal attack or something like that. I never delete comments. Uh, I What happens is YouTube sometimes has an automatic filter and it'll put comments up for review. And mm. then I don't always have time to review the comments. So then they just get hidden. So that's almost mm. certainly what's happening. I've ne- I never, I, I can promise you, I'm very anti any sort of censorship like that. So uh, I do not delete any comments. I'm going to like timestamp this and this episode. So if I see it again, I'm just going to like write in it. <laughs> this, you exactly saying this. I never comment on the videos except occasionally where there's one guy that comments every single week saying, secondi. <laughs> like he's the second to view it. <laughs> and sometimes he's like third. And then I comment a sad face when he's not second. <laughs> That's all oh, I ever that's, comment. That's adorable. <laughs> I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or I will actually say this: uh, we're doing a few more highlights and things for TikTok and and for Instagram, and you know, everyone is so interesting. When I ask people, say, "Hey, can you?" Because uh, uh, our editor is doing it now, and he's doing a great job. But I'd be very interested to see what the commenters have to say about, say. If you had to pick out a minute that would go well on TikTok, that would go well yeah. on on Instagram. What was the the one to three minutes of this podcast that you think was a very impactful, yeah. significant highlight? Tell tell us in the comments. Uh, That'd because, be good. Yeah, yeah then it's that. it's not just one person trying mm-hmm. to get because you know I'm biased towards like oh look I sounded good here <laughs> use that as a highlight. So <laughs> when um. Yeah when you have just like a, a sort of more democratic process there, that would be fantastic. So let us know in the comments uh, if there's any points of uh, great interest that, that you would like highlighted out and, and we'll do our best to, to highlight those particular bits out. Love that. Good job. All right. Well, Eliza, you, hopefully your, uh, your muscles aren't too sore and <laughs> good, good luck with the next couple of Thanks. weeks and how exciting. Uh, Everyone else, I uh, hope you're doing well. And if you want some laughter, neildan.com. Come see my shows. And we will see you next time. See you next week. <laughs>